Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Path to Abundant Living. I am your moderator, Ryan Ruff. It's great to be back with everybody today on the show, as we always do. We're going to have another great wealth management-related conversation alongside my right-hand guys, and that is Mr. Matt Nordman and Scott Morrison of Morrison Nordman Wealth Management. Super excited to get into today's conversation with one of our esteemed guests that we're welcoming on today, and that's Dr. Daniel Carlin, the founder and CEO of World Clinic. Big conversation lined up for you guys today where we're going to be diving into the idea of, of longevity planning and concierge medicine, a lot of really interesting topics that are coming to the forefront of concern and consideration here in today's day and age. So boy, are we excited and grateful uh, to be spending some time with Dr. Carlin here today. But first, let's go ahead and say hi to the guys. Matt, Scott, good to see you guys this morning. How are we doing? Morning, Ryan. Good to see you. Good Scott. Good morning, you, Ryan. Matt? Good morning, Matt. How are you doing, morning, Scott? Bill. I'm good. Morning, fellas. Morning. Uh, well, gentlemen, look, uh, you know, we have Dr. Dan Carlin uh, lying in wait, going to be joining us here in just a moment for today's conversation, but I'll have you guys tee it up for our audience. How come we wanted to sit down with Dr. Carlin today for the audience's sake? So, Ryan, I believe we all know that health is really important to all of us. I had heard, I met Dr. Carlin a few years ago as part of a group, a mastermind group that we're part of, and and I remember one of the things that a couple of things he talked about, you know, we all know what's what's our most important asset. And we all think well, our health and Dr. Ron's like, well, it's your pulse, because if you don't have your pulse, you don't have anything. And so you start thinking about, OK, we all want to live as long as we possibly can, but we also want to be as healthy as we possibly can. And I remember he had mentioned something along the lines. Well, if you knew you're going to live 88 years. Would you want 87 and a half, the most active you can possibly be? And maybe that last six months, your body just really just gives out. Or do you want that last 10, 15 years of that, just this slow progression into, you know, just a, a miserable physical life? And of, of course, nobody wants that, right? And so what are the things that we can be doing as well as what's happening in the the medical community and, and the advancements that are being made you know he's he's told different stories and i'm not sure which ones he'll get into but you know with the adult stem cell research that's being done and and i don't know if if he had seen it we'll ask him but i just read an article i was telling scott about this about a a whole eye transplant that took 21 hours and again it wasn't about getting actual sight back to this gentleman but it was advancing you know everything that's happening in in the science of medicine and so it's fascinating we all want to live that healthy life as long as we possibly can i said well who better than the expert of of dr carlin fantastic well with that ladies and gentlemen we of course want to welcome dr dan carlin to the show dr dan thank you for spending some time and, and carving some time out for us of your uh, your busy schedule Great. I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Ryan. Nice to uh, see you, Matt. It's been a while. Good to see you. Scott, nice to meet you, too. You, too. Um, uh, thank you, Matt, for remembering the fundamental lesson, right? There's no wealth if you don't have a pulse, okay? There's no enjoyment of life. There's no family. All the things that we value and treasure, if you haven't protected that most fundamental thing, which is your lifespan, you've got it backwards. Right. You've got things in the wrong order. So I'll, I'm going to stop there before I go off on a tear. Ryan, um, I'll, uh, I'm, I'm super happy to be here. I want to make sure that I answer your questions and bring up the topics that you want to discuss. 
Now, left to my own devices, I can wander freely across the whole longevity landscape, et cetera. But I don't think you want that. So let's <laughs> let's move in. All good. All good. Well, let's let's start kind of high level then today, uh, Dr. Carlin. Why don't you give us a little bit of it about your background and how, uh, you know, World Clinic came about in your life? Sure. So uh, I'm a former naval officer and uh, um, and on a, a, a board certified emergency physician. About 25 years ago, I started a telemedicine practice for ships. When I started, we were using shortwave radios. And then the internet started a little bit. And I say a little bit because back then we dealt with, uh, we dealt with a bandwidth of maybe 27 kilobits per second, uh, which is about one one thousandth or one ten thousandth of what we have now. But it was an exciting time. And uh, not surprisingly, they started getting super yachts as clients, and we would take care of super yachts. This was around 1998, 1999. By 2007, our principal clients of the practice were the families who owned the super yachts. And there was a little bit of a learning curve, but it was pretty straightforward. What they wanted was an accountable physician on a moment's notice from anywhere in the world where they were. And this physician would step in and initiate care telemedically, if you will, but then manage a case to its completion. That was the first value proposition. Help me respond to a new problem and make it happen fast. And by the way, I'm literally in Timbuktu or Mali or Singapore or Moscow. Okay, so we, we built the model. And fortunately, we were able to uh, keep up with the internet. Things took a huge leap forward a few years ago with the advent of a smartphone, and uh, we've, you know, we've uh, we've built an entire system around an access point around the smartphone. And here's the problem: when you prevent these sort of preventable deaths, which we were quite good at, my background emergency medicine—that's what we do for a living, right? You do a good job at that. The next natural question is, hey. Um, how can you maximize my lifespan so we don't even have that conversation about me having a heart attack in Moscow? So how are we going to do that? Um, so I got very interested in that about eight or nine years ago and looking at it from a, you know, biologic, biologics, molecular basis, you know, what's going on? And, and uh, Matt, I've shared this at some of the conferences that we've shared together, but what's going on is, your body ages through a very specific mechanism um, called oxidative injury or free radical injury. But what it really means is that your cells are aging and they age faster when they're exposed to the wrong things that force the cell to keep up with a, an excessive amount of metabolism, if you will. Metabolism creates free radicals. Free radicals are, it's not Jerry Garcia or Angela Davis. It's uh, free electron that's bouncing around the cell and it collides with things like DNA. And when you damage DNA, of course, you set up a cancer risk. Or maybe it collides with a mitochondria. Mitochondria die and the cell dies. Now you're setting up a scarring situation, which leads to things like atherosclerosis and kidney failure. But the common cause is how do we prevent the cellular injury? So I get very interested in that. And now we look at uh, longevity strategies. It's all about protecting that individual cell from the mechanisms of injury. 
Now, again, I can freely wander into dark corners about how, how to do that. And I want to keep us on a, on a level plane here. Um, but there's some fairly simple strategies and then some very advanced, I'm not quite sure of strategies yet. But let me pause there and see which way you would like to take this for your audience. So I'm I'm, I'm kind of curious with with the with the free radicals and and the mitochondria. So I have a, a really good friend of mine who is a health and fitness performance uh, speaker and travels the world about this, you know, and the health of the mitochondria. And so I, I remember you talking about, you know, if if you're going to exercise, right? Uh, weight training is the fountain of youth we hear, but but you don't but you hear people who will do the, oh, I'm going to do a hundred miler, right? The, the ultra marathon and, and, and too much, quote unquote, too much exercise might be more damaging than beneficial because now you're creating too many free radicals. Is that, am I, am I saying that correctly? Yeah, you absolutely are. You absolutely are. Look, our, our cells are designed to respond to load, but <clears throat> just for the record, you know, genetically, load was things like walking 20 miles to get a fish or working all day long in the sunshine to harvest a field it was never running 75 miles straight and that that particular example your tremendous amount of metabolic uh, activities going on in mitochondria powering those muscles you know converting glycogen to glucose you run out of glycogen now you start breaking down muscle and breaking down fat to feed more glucose to keep those muscles running. But these muscles are now running, running, running. And the very act of burning glucose at the cellular level creates free radicals. And again, we're pretty good at managing a modest free radical load. It's when we exceed the ability of the cell to absorb the free radical load that we start to do damage. Running 75 miles is no question in my mind that fundamentally damages your cells, damages your body. It, it can also dangerously overdevelop muscles like your heart. Um, we have a neighbor who's an ultra marathoner who sadly passed away from an overdeveloped, over uh, uh, basically a huge left ventricle that became so big because it made perfect sense when he's running 30 miles a day. And then he, he uh, unfortunately uh, ran up a mountain, exceeded his ventricles capacity and passed away. And this is the last guy on earth you'd think that would pass away in a body fat of like zero and extraordinary ability, but he overdeveloped his heart. This was a direct result of damage that he caused with these 75 extreme, extreme exertion things. So what would you say people should be doing, right? In the, in, instead of going that route, I know you talk about the Mediterranean diet and a few things, you know, yeah, what are things yeah. that people can be doing now, like we were to, you're referencing earlier, to kind of have that, you know, quote unquote, healthier lifestyle. I don't know why I said quote unquote, but you know what I mean? It's kind of like, okay, well, what are yep. we all know the things, but what are the things that you're recommending to people to have that, you know, Wonderful. Yeah, um, let's do the simple stuff first, and then we'll get into some interesting corners of longevity. Um, the simple stuff works, and we call it the Mediterranean diet, but what is it really? It's healthy fats, 
little bit of carb in protein every day, a little bit of protein every day. Okay. Um, that's what we're talking about. And it's not 5,000 calories a day of the Mediterranean diet. It's about 2,500. So, you know, um, nobody wants to hear this, but calories are calorie, dude, in the sense that too many calories, you're going to put on weight. It doesn't matter if it came from protein or fat or glucose or sugar, pastries, pasta, I don't care. A calorie is a calorie. And when you take in more than you burn, you create, you know, you store fat. So, okay. So Mediterranean diet, 2,500 calories a day. You want to lose weight, cut it down to 2,000. You want to really lose weight, cut it down to 1,200. Okay. But let's not get carried away with that because weight loss itself is not so great when we're older. This is something I, I think I, I feel pretty passionate about. When we get older, um, losing weight is tricky because we'll actually consume our own muscle mass as part of this weight loss process. We'll burn up our fat, but we'll also take muscle. And as opposed to when we're 16, 17, 20 years old, we can build muscle right back up in, in relation to, you know, if we want to, Eat more protein, exercise a lot, and your muscle is going to come back. That doesn't happen in older people. We don't rebuild muscle. So you have to be very conscious. And I'm going to take you into this corner of medicine for a minute. You don't want to lose muscle. Okay. I know you want to lose weight. Not a problem. We're going to cut back calories. Yes. But we're not going to cut back protein. You need protein every day, twice a day, probably around 40 grams. What is that? That's like a, a small sausage patty, one egg, okay? But you got to have it every day. Your body, as we get older, again, we're not, we have this natural attrition rate of our muscles. Um, and unless we keep up with protein so the body can easily rebuild muscle as it's lost, we will lose muscle, more muscle over time. There's an inevitability to it, but if you want to slow the muscle loss, a little bit of protein every day. Notice I didn't say four hamburgers and 10 sausage patties right no you're just going to burn that off and again calories a calorie but i do want everyone north of 55 to be aware protein twice a day breakfast meal and the dinner meal can actually forestall and slow down the loss of muscle okay part one let's talk about weightlifting for a second um lightweight lightweights good heavier weights a little better Extremely heavy weights, very bad, very bad, right? You know, I, I literally have patients who are coming to me at 65 and they're doing clean and jerk, right? You know, these maneuvers yeah. with 180, 200 pounds. I'm like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> you have a spine to protect, you have hip joints to protect, your elbow joints, your, we're not doing that anymore. But we are doing curls, right? We're doing curls. 15, 20, 22 pound to the point of exhaustion and drop the weight, right? We're doing leg lifts with maybe against resistance bands, but we are loading these muscles. We are forcing them to do their job and we're taking them to a point of near failure or, or at least exhaustion. And you know, when your muscles are exhausted, like that last rep, like, okay, put them down. You don't look, you're not 19. Okay. But take them to that point of fatigue, put them down. The benefits are very clear here, okay? Your muscles are going to last longer, and your skeleton's going to be stronger, okay? 
This is super, super important. I see tons of osteopenia, basically washed out bones. How come? You're not moving around anymore. We're not resisting anything, right? So we need to resist, right? Like yeah. we're doing modest weight. We're not doing 100 repetitions. We're doing 12 to 20, somewhere in that range. And that should be your guide of what weight you should be lifting. If you're if you're exhausting between 12 and 20, you're in the right range. If you're exhausting at 60 or 70, you're in the wrong range. Okay. So that's uh my corner about that. Can I give you one more thing? Oh, yeah. We yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. This is a this is a fun thing to watch, and I'm just starting to see it pop up all over the longevity space. Um, it has to do with balance. You know, our, our balance as we move through the three-dimensional world of stairs and steps and hillsides and you name it, right? Three things are working, our eyes and our uh, middle ear, right? Uh, which are position sensor in your middle ear. And then there's actually little position sensors on the bottom of your feet called proprioceptors. These three things, eyes, middle ear, proprioceptors, this is what keeps us on our feet, Unfortunately, they tend to degrade over time, right? And when they degrade, you, you can kind of see what's coming. You're going to fall because your balance stinks. And fall is, I think, number three or number four in cause of death now in, in older people. Took a fall, usually hit your head. And uh, when I was an ER doctor, I saw this every, every day of my career. An older person falling, hitting their face, et cetera. So... So what I'm seeing now in the uh, longevity community is a very specific and deliberate effort at preserving balance. So um, you see people on these roly polies. You've seen these things, right? It's a board. It sits on a cylinder. When you first get on it, you have sort of two little walking sticks to keep you on the board. And your body wants to wobble and wobble and wobble, wobble, and you're all over the place. We give that two or three days. You don't need the sticks. You're training your cerebellum, the proprioceptors. You're re-engaging these three fundamental elements in balance. And what a shock when you call in them to do their job. They do their job. Now you're seeing an absolute radical improvement in your balance. I'm not saying you have to go as, you know, as crazy as that, that classic roly, the roly-poly board, but we have, um, we have patients that stand on a board that has a dome underneath it, a half dome, convex dome right? And all I want them to do is keep them from falling down and touching the board on the floor. And again, I start them with a little stick or a cane and you'd be amazed. Within two days, they're on that thing, wiggling around, playing some music <laughs> and the board is staying upright. I'm like, what is going on here? It's like, it's your body, man. It's You call on it to do a job and it does it. And I love this. I, I I have to tell you, I love this. I look at it like clinically. I've been in the, you know, in the trenches on elderly falls, and it's tough. Broken hips, smashed face, broken nose, subdural hematoma. You name it. If well, I can forestall that. It, I love it. Correct me if I'm wrong. If you if you don't, then then you can tell people who haven't done that because you start to end up getting that shuffle, right? Because then it's the fear of the fall. You got it. The fear of the fall. They start doing that broad gaze shuffle as they move along. Um, so I love the balance thing. Um, sort of a, a side note to the balance thing. There seems to be a connection with everyday drinking and a gradual accelerated erosion 
of the balance uh, of the neurologic wiring to the proprioceptors on your feet to a lesser degree, your middle ear, a lesser degree of your eye. Um, and this is a part of longevity, Matt, is that you really want to live a long life. You probably don't want to drink. Okay. I mean, it's, it's just a hard truth. I hate to say, and boy, boy, do I love beer in the summer. Oh my goodness. Or a glass of wine at Thanksgiving. But these, these become special events as opposed to daily events. Right. It's the, the daily consumption of alcohol. Man, that's, that's tough. That's tough on uh, neurologically. It's tough on you. It's, it's basically a, it's a poison, a very pleasurable poison, but it's a poison. So yeah. you want to go long, you limit the alcohol too. Got it. Dr. Carlin, I, I wanted, you alluded back to a time when people were hunters and gatherers basically, and that's, that was enough to keep the body strong and healthy. Um, we didn't have the exercise machines. We didn't think that we, you know, we didn't think to actually exercise. We just did it as a normal course of, of, of living. Um, how, how important is that today? If I'm out, for example, mowing my lawn as opposed to riding a mower, I'm pushing that mower. Uh, or if I'm walking uh, a couple of miles a day with my wife, as opposed to uh, running a half marathon. Um, it, how important are those things uh, today uh, as opposed to, like you said, you were talking about a lifting regiment, the balance and things like that. Can some of those things be accomplished just by an active lifestyle? Absolutely. Thank you for asking that, Scott. Um, you guys are probably familiar with the blue zones. Have you heard of this, this term, blue zones? These are areas of the world where people routinely live to be 100. Like, what is going on here? Oh, they're just luck, lucky genetically. It's like, no, some of these places, is a huge genetic mix going on. Why are they living to be 100? And Scott, here it is, really simple. You want to live a long life, you're moving every day. Most of these places are mountainous, okay? Not all of them. Like, Okinawa is not that mountainous, but certainly... Sicily is, right? You're walking every day to the market. You're going up the village. You're going down the village, right? Also, these are places that are not blessed with massive amounts of unlimited cheap food. Food is a premium. It's incredibly important, but somewhat expensive or difficult to get. So we're looking at people who are naturally uh, eating in complete balance. They don't overeat because they can, they actually can't, but they are doing 2,000 to 3,000 calories a day, right? And now here's the final advantage. And this is, this is why I love what you just said. The, the, the final easy piece of longevity is it's social. This is super important. You walk with your wife, you go see your friends, right? You're doing something together. you playing nine holes of golf. I hope you're walking or maybe you have a caddy, but even if you're not, even if you're in the golf cart, keep the gar golf carts on the path, you're walking to the ball, whatever, whatever it may be. The point is you're moving and it's fun because you're with people that you want to be with, right? And this is really important. If you don't enjoy your exercise, I assure you it has a limited life lifespan itself. At a certain point, you're not enjoying it. It's like, oh, I got to chuck this. So when you think about strategy for exercise, you have to make it enjoyable. You know, you have to make it enjoyable. You like hiking? Go hiking, man. That's, that's good. You'll live forever if you're a good hiker and you enjoy it and it's a happy thing for you. 
Absolutely. You, you like, uh, cut, you know, uh, cutting the grass or whatever it is, please do that. Again, a calorie is a calorie. I want you to burn as many as you can, but I also want you to do it in a, in a situation where you know you're going to do it over and over and over again. It's a, it becomes a habit as opposed to uh, do this for a month or two and I hate it and then I quit it. Pleasurable habits have the tendency to endure. So connect your exercise to pleasurable habits. Noted, noted. So, so if we can kind of shift a little bit, I I believe we've had the discussion that our our current healthcare system is much more reactive than proactive, and so how does someone like you in the World Clinic, you know, I if I go for my annual physical, I can't tell you the last time I actually saw the doctor, right? It's the PA every time, and so. So how do people, what, is, what are the benefits of concierge medicine and how does that integrate with your current, you know, primary care physician or, you know, kind of talk about that a little bit, if you would, please. Yeah, boy, there's so many things in trouble in the U.S. healthcare system right now, Matt. Let's just start with the fact we've lost almost, almost a generation of older primary care physicians to COVID, burnout, exhaustion. In, and unfortunately, um, relative poverty, meaning, and by relative poverty, I mean, family practitioner is making one eighth, one tenth, one twentieth of a busy orthopedic surgeon. And they all endured almost the same training. Orthopedic might have a year or two more residency training. And this is true in internal medicine and family practice. Um, and these were the folks who always sort of stood as the entry point and then organized things and figured out, okay, I think I know what's wrong with you. Let me assign the specialist. They were a triage tool. They treated the simple stuff and they kept an eye on the longevity stuff like blood pressure, diabetes, blood sugar, depression, these chronic conditions. They're almost gone now. Within the conventional healthcare system, access to them is quite limited because there's so few of them. And we've tried to replace them with what they call mid-level practitioners, nurse practitioners and PAs, um, many of whom are quite good. But just to be clear, five years of training as a nurse and to become a nurse practitioner, no, board, no uh, classic board certification or residency program, they're not equivalent. They're not even close to being equivalent. I mean, a guy like me has to get through four massive examinations before I call myself board certified in emergency medicine. This doesn't exist in the world of mid-levels. It's not as highly developed. There are places to get certificates, et cetera. But in medicine, to call yourself a doctor, it's tough and it's long. Call yourself a nurse practitioner and PA. It's not tough. It's not long. There are some programs that are 100% video-based with no, no clinical training at all. And you graduate, I'm a nurse practitioner. At that point, you can go see patients with having never seen a patient before in real life, okay? I'm gonna get off that wagon because I know a ton of wonderful PAs and nurse practitioners. A whole bunch of them actually work for us. They're amazing. They love their work. They're so dedicated, but it's, I'm just saying it's not a, it's different now. Okay, so what do you do? 
right? You need a primary care physician. You, you absolutely positively have to have one. There are so few, and so you got to follow the money, right? And follow the money means you got to find a concierge physician who's incentivized to take care of you, who's incentivized to do a good job so you so you will renew their contract and this physician can make a living next year and the year after and the year after and the year after. This concierge physician should be responsive, holistic, thoughtful, a great listener, and have enough time. This is what you can't get in the current healthcare system, right? This is what you want to buy in a private medical system, a concierge system, or a private practice model, right? Um, these are starting to promulgate, but the truth is they're not as uh, they're not as widespread as they could be because your average retired person doesn't have two thousand bucks a year or ten thousand bucks a year to pay a great concierge physician. They don't have it, so they're they're inside the conventional healthcare system with their Medicare insurance, and they're they're overwhelming the healthcare and the, the healthcare system because remember, the baby boom is now. Re they're retiring, right? I'm at the, I'm sort of at the tail end of it. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be 65 next year. There's like 70 million retirees in front of me, recent retirees in front of me, and they, they're overwhelming the system. So things are getting scarce on the primary care front. So I'm a big fan of concierge medicine. If you can afford it, if you can't afford it, then you've really got to pay attention to the longevity stuff, the the everything that we have previously discussed and you've got to pay attention to the conditions you have whether they be hypertension or obesity and, and you it's on you to now get them under control and if but with so with the concierge medicine you're you're the you know i don't want to say the pioneer but the pioneer of, of the telehealth right and and that's how you deal with it with with your clients and so if someone calls they're going to get a physician on the phone in less than 30 seconds correct correct yep. who's going to know who's going to know everything about me and yep. be able to spend the time with me to say oh here's what's going on like i know with with your group you have the uh the personal prescription kit right so yep. that and i know we don't have time today but you, you've told stories about how that literally has saved people's lives with someone calling in and, you know, speaking with a physician while you're traveling in some foreign land or even locally. Whereas yep. you call, like I say, you, you try to make your, your annual physical and Hey, we could probably see you in six months or, yeah. you know, like you said, Hey, heaven forbid, there's something more serious that, you know, it could be fatal. Trouble. Yes. It's absolutely true. You, uh, you have you think was a very odd freckle and you can see a dermatologist in three months and the dermatologist says hey i'm really sorry this is a melanoma i wish i'd seen you three months ago oh man really yeah in our world uh, i'm just going to talk about world clinic and not try not to be self-promoting but we're trying to restore some really basic things access, reasonably fast access. In our case, it's ultra fast because this clientele is exceedingly mobile. And frankly, they don't care about money anymore. It's all about time. 
time is their fundamental currency for the for the balance of their lives i don't want to waste time i don't want to get pulled into things that waste you know take away my time i have better things to do with my time so we respond in that dynamic make things happen fast this clientele also looks for total accountability they're looking for someone completely trustworthy because they're handing off a serious problem and they want to dealt with so those are those are probably the two big things that we're really focusing on now you know, Matt, we started out primarily as an emergency medicine-ish practice. So everybody had a, a small personal prescription medical kit that we gave them. It's about the size of two VCR tapes. I'm dating myself. But it has 16 prescription meds in it, including nitroglycerin for chest pain, right? And EpiPen for uh, bee sting allergies, and et cetera. But you had these meds. We could take care of you anywhere in the world and at least slow down a crisis. Now... It's 20 years later, and the clients are 20 years older. So we actually hired this year a full-time senior internal medicine physician because we're great at emergencies, but now we need to be great at managing chronic conditions. You know, people with recurrent problems, whether it's depression, right, hypertension, chronic pain, chronic sinusitis, all kinds of GI conditions, you know, colitis, ulcerative colitis, migraines, all of this stuff. These are chronic conditions. And it's unfortunate, if you have a chronic condition, the system is really not set up to help you because you need, you need a good primary continuous presence in your life. And you can't get that in the system as it exists now, certainly not at the at a physician level, you can't get that level of provider. So we're seeing this as, okay, our, we're all 20 years older. I mean, I started this in my 40s. And like I said, I'm pretty mid, mid 60s now. So now it's time to broaden the, the scope of the practice. And we now we have a senior internist, we have two family practitioners. Um, our internist is also an expert in geriatric medicine. You know, you, Never saw that 20 years ago, but it's a perfect and normal evolution of this care model. It's like, you know, we used to do great at urgent care ER medicine. Now we need to manage chronic illness better and stay much closer to the patients and have that access. And we're starting to do a lot more monitoring of chronic conditions. You know, we um, people with congestive heart failure. We weigh these people every day, stay right on top of their fluid balance. So they can never overload themselves by accident and throw themselves into heart failure, which is a dangerous thing, right? It's yeah. incredible. You, you do this well, you get you figure out what you need to monitor every day, and you monitor the heck out of it, and you and then manage closely. A lot of these chronic conditions never have a chance to flare up. I think that's going to be a big part of the future of medicine. That that particular type of monitor and manage from a distance around a, a key metric. If you have, if you, I, we want to be respectful of your time. If you have time for one more, which kind sure. of ties into exactly what you're saying, you hear a lot. I have some friends who have done it and some clients who have done kind of the executive summary. You know, you go to Mayo or Cleveland Clinic and they'll do the full day MRI, you spend X amount. And I know there's some more and more places popping up, but don't you run the issue of sometimes doing those of, you know, false positives or false negatives. And so what would you have people do? Are, are those, are those a good thing? 
or you know what would you have people do you know to kind of maybe quote unquote catch those things whether it's the you know sequencing of your dna to say oh yeah you're predisposed you know you know if you can you know in the short time again i want to be respectful of your time um there's a ton of stuff out there these sort of one day medical events now I'll tell you, I love an executive physical in particular. I love an executive physical done by the Mayo Clinic or Cedar sinai because the information is incredibly well organized. And we have a bunch of patients that cycle in and out of the Mayo Clinic in their executive health program every year. It's wonderful because you get this incredibly detailed snapshot. And that's the hard part. It's a great day in the life of picture of one day in the life of, right? But it's pretty darn good information. The tricky part is, and this is the essential part, you have to couple that with then ongoing access and someone, provider, is going to respond to whatever was found to be pathologic in your executive physical. There's always something in there like, hey, you got a nodule in your chest. We don't think it's cancer, but you should have a CT scan in six months to make sure it's not. Okay, that's good medicine. Who's going to make that happen? Right. Right. You're like, whose job is that? Who, who picked up that that should be on a calendar somewhere. Now you've, you've left Cedar sinai Cleveland Clinic, Mayo Clinic, whatever it is. And they're, you know, they're not, they're not the ones that are going to, you know, you, you came in for your one day event, you had it and now you're gone. They're not picking up the, uh, the details, if you will. So it's marrying an executive physical with, a really good primary care concierge care or connected concierge like me that's a very very effective solution you know you've sampled everything once a year identify your problems area problem areas manage the heck out of them monitor them very closely and that that's pretty much healthcare in heaven that's as good as it gets so yeah. how would so how would someone dr carlin uh reach out to you or get that take that next step um, to add that kind of care to their, their life. Sure. Um, so fairly straightforward. I mean, we have a wonderful website, worldclinic.com. Um, yeah, certainly and the website's got all kinds of interesting information and little media stuff. It's great. Um, alternatively, you can shoot me an email, um, or actually shoot it to, uh, Jeff Carr. Jeff is our, our, our business guy. Um, Jeff, We'll have the bandwidth to take your email. So send it to jcarr, J-C-A-R-R, at worldclinic.com. And uh, I assure you, Jeff is the world's most diligent man. When someone has an inquiry, it will end up uh, in front of one of our doctors the same day. So shoot Jeff an email. He'll get you plugged into us. We're always happy to have a conversation. Um, you know, we often start our conversations with someone who says, hey, I have a problem. What do you think? What do you, uh, you know, I was told I have this. What do you think? And we're always glad to give you 15 minutes to point you in the right direction. Notice I said 15 minutes, though. We don't, we can't turn into a two-hour consult where that's right. hard for us. But you'd be amazed at how much common sense you can impart to someone in 15 minutes and get them pointed in the right direction. And look, sometimes what we do makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's like, and I've had this conversation with people say, you need a concierge physician in your town, driving distance to your house, 
who is affiliated with the hospital that you go to. Because you're not going to need just primary care. You're going to need specialist care and someone to ride herd on it very closely. So I will, I'll send them back. And in some cases, we'll help them find someone, that kind of thing. But not World Clinic is not the solution to everybody. Um, it is a good solution if you're in motion, you have multiple homes, um, and you want immediate, instant accountability. But not everybody needs that. So, okay. okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. Greatly appreciate it. I could ask 50 more questions about all the stuff that you've touched on, but we've taken way too much of your time already. So thank you very much for being here. We, uh, we greatly appreciate it as do, uh, as do our clients. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. Anytime. Alrighty, folks, there we have it. Dr. Daniel Carlin, founder and CEO of World Clinic, joining us here on the podcast today. Great conversation surrounding, gosh, I felt like a lot, really, uh, with regard to healthcare, concierge medicine, where healthcare is even kind of going in the future, and, and what you really should be considering for yourself. Uh, guys, I'll throw it over to you. Uh, you know, what were some of your big takeaways? Scott, let's start with you. Uh, what was one of your big takeaways from Dr. Carlin today? You know, for, for a lot of my clients, you know, watching me uh, age over their, their, the, the time that I've had that relationship with them, you know, I look, I look at them, look across at me and wonder how long I'm going to be around sometimes. And what I came away from this was some of the things I hate the most is what I'm looking forward to the most right now when it comes to, to modern health uh, and medicine, because, you know, the idea of all the technology that we've had to navigate through I think this is one place where virtual medicine is going to make a lot of sense, uh, just by the sheer fact that there's not as many, um, you know, there's not as many family medicine uh, doctors available, as, as he alluded to earlier on. Um, I'm wondering what's going to happen when my primary physician retires. Uh, you know, what am I, what am I going to be left with? So this gives me some hope that, you know, even though it might be on uh, more virtual, more, you know, technical based the idea that i have instant access to somebody um is is refreshing it's it's something to feel good about mm -hmm. and matt what about you you know ryan having having spoken with and seen dr carlin speak multiple times you know it it comes back to and i don't know if he was the one whoever said it it's you know a, a person with their health has a thousand dreams and a person who doesn't have their health has but one Right. And so of all the things that we should be doing, knowing that you could have someone like a Dr. Carlin or his group or, you know, someone in your community that can help you navigate these um, potential issues that you might have or help you reach that, you know, that, you know, unbelievable physical life that you can have in mental life, which we'd even touch on the mental health aspect of everything that's happening. Knowing that, like Scott was saying, with the technology of a telehealth, right, someone that you can have that relationship with instead of instead of someone walking in the room going, oh, you, who is this again? You're, you're Ryan, right? You've been to that practice 15 times and they're like, it's like you've met him for the first time and, you know, what are you here for? Sore throat. Okay, there you go. Right. Or whatever, whatever the case may be. So, you know, the, the, he didn't get into it and wouldn't want to a whole lot, but, you know, I don't want to say the system is broken. There's a lot of great people that work in the system, but as he alluded to with 70 million baby boomers, 
there's not enough resources. You know, with the number of family practice physicians that are retiring, as well as not enough coming, you know, down the road. It, it you know, there's a, there's a lot going on in the system, but having someone or a group like that in your corner is only going to benefit you. And so knowing that there's there's a lot that can be done. It's not this, oh, what was me and, you know, bury your head in the sand. There's a lot that, that we all can do personally, as well as then have someone like that in our corner. Very much so. And Dr. Carlin, just a brilliant mind. I mean, we could go, we could just let him go, frankly. I mean, just <laughs> right. so, right. so easy to listen to and just so much knowledge, uh, you know, what, up there. And what do you, you take away? Yeah, yeah. I think the biggest thing, it just kept coming back. I just kept hearing the word brought up and, and it really was kind of an exclamation mark on any time we spoke to it was access. Having the access to be able to have someone who, like you said, Matt, somebody who isn't going to treat you like uh, the urgent care clinic may, or or maybe even your primary physician's team may, where you know, oh, what do you have a sore throat? Oh, okay, great. Or, or they're they're looking back at your chart to to refamiliarize themselves with you rather than just knowing you and knowing your health. You know, that's that is a big part of it. But then the access part of it is also equally as big. I mean, uh, uh, you know. We all hear of these stories, maybe from fr family, friends, and whatnot, where where you're you're traveling and something happens, uh, something that you could really use uh, your physician's insight on, and you got to play, you, you know, you got to go through the the secretary or the receptionist and hope that they're in and hope they have time to talk to you. But when you leverage a concierge medical solution, uh, the ability to have that access to your physician who knows you like the back of their hand uh, is just an unbelievable piece of value for you, your family, your overall health. So uh, really an interesting topic when you dig into the benefits of concierge medicine. And I think Dr. Carlin did a really nice job of putting that on display, obviously kind of on a surface level today, because I mean, if we got deep into the weeds here, we'd need, we need this, we need several hours with Dr. Right. Carlin, but, right. but, right. uh, but man, uh, the benefits of concierge medicine just go or almost feel endless. I, I feel like, you know, one, one last thing I, I think that it, I came away from feeling very excited about was, you know, in our own practice, uh, you know, having developed a professional network, you know, that word coordination, you know, where we we're coordinating, uh, financial professionals, whether it be a CPA or an estate planning attorney and ourselves, you know, but ourselves knowing that client intimately enough to be able to coordinate those kind of benefits around them, um, you know, plays very well to the same kind of thing that we're talking about here with our health, uh, where somebody like a Dr. Carlin being able to coordinate specialists and coordinate people that, you know, can be uh, more targeted to whatever your particular, um, you know, health issue is. Um, I, I just think that that's again where where the technology is really going to be in our favor in the future, where we're going to have the ability to coordinate those kind of things. Agreed, agreed. And and guys, I know you have conversations with your clients regularly, yes, about wealth management solutions and and their goals for life and how those solutions, how their financial plan will allow them to achieve those goals. But look, those goals are nothing without their health. And that is obviously a very, very important factor in some of those goal-related conversations. So for anybody out there in our audience that you know, benefited from today's conversation, they took a thing or two away from Dr. Carlin and would enjoy a conversation, let's say with you guys to talk about where health 
plays a role and meets at the intersection of wealth, what would be the best way that they could get in touch with you guys and just open up that dialogue? Two ways, Ryan. Traditional way, phone call 517-333-7967 or go to our website, morrisonnordman.com and click on it. You can schedule a a 15-minute, kind of similar to what Dr. Cohen was talking about, a 15-minute kind of get-to-know-you call and see how we can uh, potentially help. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you both. Thanks for carving some time out of your busy schedules. We'll let you get back to serving clients, but uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks, Ryan. Have a great day. See you soon, Scott. All right. All righty, gentlemen. Well, hey, look, folks, we want to take one final moment, as we always do, and thank you all for stopping by and spending time with us on the podcast today. If you took some value away from today's conversation with Dr. Carlin, make sure you hit that subscribe button then on the platform that you check this out on today so you don't miss out on future conversations just like these where we unpack, if it's not wealth management solutions, other interesting conversations with leading professionals out there in the world so that you and yours can come out better for it on the other side. Before Scott and Matt, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long, but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us on Path to Abundant Living. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors. Morrison, Norbin and Associates and Securities America are separate entities. All investing involves risk, including the possible risk of principal.